0: Hello. Bonjour.
1: Hello. Welcome to another episode of The Juice. I'm your host, Solomon Giorgio, comedian, writer, and the tallest person in my house. Today's guest is a writer, critic, icon, and co host of the hit political and pop culture podcast, Keep It. He's been called one of the most reliably hilarious and incisive cultural critics by Nylon Magazine. And you know what? He also loves a good celebrity gaffe. Let's give a big juicy welcome to a dear friend of mine, Ira
0: Madison III. Hi. How you doing, Ira? <laughs> I'm so excited for you to I have know. your to have your own joint. My own little corner of
1: the podcast world. I've, I've, I feel like people have not been wanting it, but I'm going to give it to them anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, that is the only <laughs> way to do it, okay? Nobody was asking for me to start a podcast, and now, yeah. four years later... I haven't left. <laughs> <laughs> that's the rule. Just I'm just going to keep being here until you don't want me anymore. And,
1: that's, and then I'll still be here. <laughs> also, happy anniversary uh, to the one year
0: <laughs>
1: of you. <laughs>
0: uh, being banned from Twitter.
1: You know? It is. It's good. It's one of the most iconic moves of all time, which is... I feel like you were one of the few people to start it off, which is uh, take on another persona,
0: which you did with Beto O'Rourke. Mm-hmm. What was the, again, it was a... Uh, I said I would drop my nudes if Texas went blue. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> they were quick. Uh, because I had also impersonated, like, Amy Coney Barrett the previous week. Oh, and we got a yes. warning from Twitter. Uh, a friend, we got a warning from a friend at, at Twitter. And then this week, that mm-hmm. next week, I was just like... Let's go.
1: Let's just take it down.
0: It was like me self sabotaging and wanting to be off Twitter. And I think now that a year's passed. I'm good, you know? You're good? Like, you don't want it, to come
1: back on at all? I feel like I should do something. Like, I'm still one of the only homosexuals that's not blocked by Randy Rainbow, and it really... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I was blocked by Randy. I think I was blocked by Randy. Uh, what did he do? I, uh, besides being annoying, I feel like there was something specific that Randy did at one point that everybody was dragging her.
1: I feel like there was definitely some dug up old school like oh you said the wrong thing kind of mm. tweets. I think there was definitely some of that uh, the classic like uh, I can make fun of Asian people uh, ten years ago on Twitter that people mm. that white people were thoroughly enjoying the fuck out of. <laughs> they don't have <laughs> access to <it> anymore. <laughs> uh. He's, he's just like one of those, he's a very neoliberal statement kind
0: of girl. And mm-hmm. very much like Midwestern moms mm-hmm. like him. I would always sort of like cringe when I saw a friend post about oh, yeah. Randy Rainbow.
1: I feel like that's like as much as I want a straight audience, I don't want to go that way about it. It doesn't feel worth it to me. <laughs> if that's if that's my name amongst the community, take me down. I don't need to
0: <laughs> Your crossover status.
1: No, I think
0: I think they they
1: like you. It. No, they're fine. I'm fine if they don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm not keeping track anymore. Um, but as so, the whole concept of this podcast is about gossip. And as mm-hmm. like as we know each other as as, as two girls who've kikied before, we've definitely done our fair share of gossip. But I like to go into the history of our lives. Uh, you. Like, where you went to school in, was it in Milwaukee? Milwaukee,
0: yeah. Okay, (laughs) she got it.
1: (laughs) How was it, like, high school-wise as uh, the gossip
0: world of back then? You know, it's interesting. I feel like there was definitely a gossip mill, but I went to an all-boys Catholic high school. So Jesuit school, Marquette University High School, and I feel like the gossip mostly, like, spills out After, it's very, you know, like um, American beauty, you know, very much like uh, everything is um, trying to be perfect on the surface. And then you find out about it uh, later. Okay. Well, what did you find out later? You know, there was an FBI arrest. What? What? Yes. Someone was like allegedly like wanted to blow up a teacher. You know the times. It was uh <laughs> the early two thousands, you know. Post-columbine. The, the white the white boys were mad. Okay. They were mad as hell. Uh <laughs> they were sick of the economic surplus. <laughs> uh and they, you know, now it's now they just sort of want to, you know, like do all sorts of other like radical white terrorism. But back mm. then it was a simple like we'll either shoot up the school or we'll blow up the school.
1: Oh, uh-huh. the classic uh, yeah. terrorist. I uh, miss that. Terrorism. I
0: miss those days, you know? Where
1: it's mostly just threats.
0: <laughs> yeah, mostly just threats. Mostly just threats and hit lists, you mm. know? And if you miss school a bunch, like, you probably weren't going to get blown up. So I felt safe. <laughs> I felt safe. <laughs> you can't kill me if I'm not there. Yes. <laughs> um, see, there was that. There was. I think there was, like, allegedly, like, a a counterfeit ring at our school once. Like, ID or money? Like, money. Like money. What
1: are professional grade-level high schoolers are you dealing with? Well, you know, art students. Oh. Yeah. We didn't have that level of intelligence at my public
0: school in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> <But> the real <laughs> gossip bill came from so like so Jesuit high schools um the idea is that uh you know the theme is man for others right mm-hmm. and uh they send you on this retreat called kairos every year um freshman senior sophomore junior year but like, there's different variations of it but you know like the longer one like in your junior like year or whatever you um go on this like retreat kairos retreat and part of it is just sort of like getting to know each other in small groups and like also like confessional parts where like you bear your secrets to the group and not the entire class um but like a small group of the class and so the idea is like um you're not supposed to talk about when you get back but obviously you know like some people's business gets talked about you know one of my close friends came out on that trip so that was good for him I probably should have come out then too. But wasn't was was my journey. Let it be was alone. It my journey. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Like uh someone's secret, and I'm not gonna reveal names, you know, I'll I'll respect a bit of the Kairos. but someone's secret was like that people were like itching to tell me but couldn't tell me, and then was finally revealed to me was I think someone just like revealed that like they hate black people. That was their secret. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know if that's a secret (laughs) that we need to be keeping. (laughs) It was a person who was like, you know, not one of my best friends, but a person, you know, like I would break bread with at lunch sometimes on a larger group, you know, like be at the same party. So I'm just sort of mm. like. I think that you have a duty to let me know this that she should inform me if you're a racist yeah like the first yes. thing you should say <laughs> yes yes you know but they were struggling with it you know I'm like they were right.
1: struggling with their racism I'm like, wow um, what a um, difficult
0: I'm, journey for them <laughs> okay' it's Arthur Miller play but uh oh my god yeah so that's, that's where a lot of the gossip would come from you know like like the trips. You know, like, there was a service trip the school went on once to, like, Ecuador to build houses. Oh. These uh, religious white boys, um, Mm -hmm. they love a trip. They love a mission. Um, They love a mission. Um, But it was also the early 2000s, so, like, they love to get high. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I remember, like, a scandal afterwards. Everyone gossiping about how, like, weed was brought on the trip. And, like, it was such a (laughs) scandalizing moment. And it is so, it's so quaint. So, like, look back on the early 2000s and being like, oh, like, kids, like, smoking pot in high school was truly, like, a punishable by death offense.
1: Oh, it was. The I worst thing being... you could do.
0: I didn't know any other drugs then at this point, by the way. Like, <laughs> like, we, like weed was heroin.
1: It was. Like, I was afraid of, like I, like, I didn't, the first time I ever did it was because I was very drunk already. Mm. And,
0: and I did it off a of bong. Uh, okay, my first. Same. So I was in, in college. In college, Ooh. it was a bong. Now, now you could not get me close to a bong. <laughs> Post COVID. Passing a bong around, round. absolutely not. Also,
1: I don't need to get that high that fast. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't need to be there that court girl. <laughs> 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 like, I don't need a gravity bong. I don't need. I don't need to a learn another skill set <laughs> mm-hmm. and make something crafty to do marijuana anymore. But like, but it was
0: wild, too because it was like that was definitely like the, I mean, it was the seventies they did that a lot too in comedies, like the Cheech and Chong's. But like mm-hmm. the early two thousands, that was definitely the period where like people were constantly high in, like, teen movies and things, too. Yeah. You know? So it was, like, this juxtaposition of a thing that was being promoted, but a thing that, like, is also, like, illegal. It was very weird.
1: Do you guys have D.A.R.E. officers in in the Catholic schools?
0: D.A.R.E. was in, like, middle school. okay. Yeah. I don't think we had any D.A.R.E. programs. Uh, And now people just wear those shirts, ironically.
1: (laughs) Because the program is, I think, defunct because it never worked.
0: (laughs) The marketing worked because people like it. Like, people like the branding. But, oh, um, yeah, the graphic
1: design artist who who made that dare shirt, yeah, congratulations,
0: girl, you crushed it. I would love to hear that story because I love that shirt,
1: oh, she probably was high as hell. <laughs> 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 So, Milwaukee, Jesuit school, like how, so Mm. like after school, like you went
0: directly to New York, right? Well, you know, I went to Chicago first. So, my undergrad was Loyola Chicago.
1: Was it a big transition from
0: going to, from Little Milwaukee to Chicago? Not really, because like Milwaukee, like there's a Milwaukee to Chicago pipeline. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like basically an hour and a half away. So, if you go grow up in Milwaukee, like which is a pretty big city. And, like, an iconic historical American city. I'm doing, like, Milwaukee's PR right now. But <laughs> It's, like, the 16th largest city in the country. <laughs> but if you grow up in Milwaukee, you go to Chicago a lot. I would describe it as probably, you know, like, if you grew up in San Diego... You probably spent a lot of time in Los Angeles because it's mm-hmm. not that far. Yeah. Um. So it's it was we went on school trips to Chicago a lot. We went on family trips to Chicago. I had a gay uncle who lived in Chicago. Um, Ooh, a gay uncle in Chicago. Yeah. Until you know that thing in the nineties got him. Oh no! <laughs> Back when they called it the grid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Chicago was like a very familiar city to me, so mm-hmm. it, it didn't feel like as dangerous as going to New York. I guess for my family, no one yeah. wanted me to go to New York. Then I wanted to go to school. Then my family didn't want me to. My guidance counselor was basically like, "You're not gonna get into NYU." Damn, um, she was she was a bitch. Um, yeah, drag you immediately. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, she was very unhelpful <laughs> uh, and was was also pushing. I don't like this woman. Uh, I'm just going to go in (laughs) on this. Um, But she, like, I remember, like, really pushing, like, this one student who did, like, a bunch of the theater stuff um, to, like, go to NYU. Um, He did not. He went to Marquette University in in Milwaukee. So, like, the boy they thought was going to be, you know, like, the star uh, did not Uh. go to NYU anyway. Doesn't even do theater anymore. But I ended up going for graduate school. So
1: So who's shy who starts shining now? So, so I so I so
0: I won. Okay? Yes. So I won.
1: It is a competition and there always will be winners, and Ira is
0: technically the winner of the situation. I am the winner uh. of the situation, but also <laughs> they win, you know, because I am never in any alumni magazine. You know, I wonder why. I'm not in any alumni anything i Maybe <laughs> maybe they just don't have my address. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They might but, not, you know, you, you do move around a lot. Now. That's true. But I was written up in Milwaukee Magazine, so, you know. Oh. I, yes, it, was even, seen, I would, it was seen that your alumni magazine would be the first step before the, the entire city writes about you,
1: you know? Look, you know what? They, they miss a chance to catch you in a photo with your Gucci on, and that's yeah. really
0: <laughs> that's yeah, really but, their fault. But I have plenty more, Marquette High School if you want to write about me.
1: <laughs> now, do you remember in your own life any rumors about you that you found out later?
0: I mean, people thought I was gay, uh, which <laughs> yes. was which was true, <laughs> but not really a rumor. It's an now, accurate
1: assessment of our personality.
0: <laughs> I don't think there were any rumor rumors about me. I was sort of like, call me I wore I wore my heart on my sleeve, my bitter heart on my sleeve. You know, I was a cunt from time to time. I was funny from time to time. I sort not of think, you know, like the way I am now is sort of a um, more refined, aged wine version of myself. <laughs> I was a bit more—I was a bit more rough around the edges with my, you know, personalities.
1: A lot of people got cut.
0: Yes, you? <laughs> yes, you know. So I think I was all just very much a—you are. You know what you get. Sometimes you don't know what you get. But if you, if you see <laughs> nice iron today. If you see Asshole Hour Today, but, like, mm-hmm. was very open about, like, which versions of me there were. So, yeah. I don't think there was much to gossip about. Good. But there could be. There could have been. <laughs> there could be. A and maybe no Maybe no one's told me about it. I, I mean, I've, one of the first pieces of, like, school gossip I really remember was in middle school. Oh, my God, this seems so quaint now, too. Um, <laughs> two kids, ha- like, were, like, making out. And, like, fifth grade or something, like, in the hallway, like, the stairwell. And I, I remember just, like, the gossip, like, running around all day about, like, did you hear about that? And that was invigorating.
1: But, like, now, family-wise, is there been is there been a gossip? Uh,
0: are you from a line of gossips, or is it just... Yeah, I mean, you know, black folks be gossiping. Yes. Uh, but I feel like it's also sort of, like, more sometimes you just drag each other but like this gossip just about you know like certain relatives their significant others or whether they need to get their life together i feel like it's that sort of gossip but
1: your gay uncle was was always always out
0: yes i don't actually don't know when he came out um but um yeah he had a partner so like as we grew up as we grew up yeah like we spent um time with them when we visited chicago so that was never like a family secret Good. As far as as far as like when I was a child.
1: See, we we, we definitely had that's all of our family secrets is who secretly get. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> There's so many people that are secretly gay in my uh, family, and it is exhausting. Mine is who's secretly on drugs and who's going back to jail. Uh, is there anybody that's actually secretly on drugs <laughs> in our family? <laughs> yes, because it's people. It would be people who had just been fresh out of jail or fresh out of re- uh, like a rehab situation, and it's like. I know they back on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, all right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was just family members in and out of prison. So
1: see, that's that's something I relate to. I have like literally two siblings that have been in and out of jail my whole life. Mm -hmm. So you get used to
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. I would that phenomenon is like for me it was like it's like a cousin or like an aunt or something or an uncle. I think as a kid you're never aware of it mm-hmm. in the sense that like you just sort of know that like some holidays they're there and some of them like they're in jail. Yes, but you but I like never have like mental cognizance of like how long the sentence is or something right or like they were in for two years or something you know i just know that certain family members would pop up but they mm-hmm. would yes be in and out of arrests and things. it's like they'll
1: be here for thanksgiving they won't be here for new year's
0: but they'll be mm-hmm. here again yeah <laughs> on to next year it's just yeah part of it too is that i was born in milwaukee in the midwest and uh my family a lot of my family moved up to the midwest but my extended family elkhart indiana oh damn whatever family drama and stuff like that was happening like i said prison and all of the stuff like Mm -hmm. that you'd hear about it on holidays when we would go visit indiana
1: so the chaos was always
0: kept in another Another city (laughs) City. yeah you know i guess they sort of gossip about me now you know do they i think i'm you know i'm just like the bougie doing well like uh, um relative that everyone's afraid to ask for money
1: oh as it should be i also do the same i've like literally yeah like my media family they'll ask me for money but anyone yeah. outside of that's not a direct line mm. stays away and i've done a very good job at that
0: <laughs> yes you know it's, it's like I because it, <laughs> it's i've uh, like a cousin once was just sort of like um uh, we don't want to ask you for money because we know you stopped talking to so-and-so after they did. <laughs> I was like, well, well, I feel like I stopped talking to so-and-so because I was um, in grad school when they asked for money. <laughs> you know? Like, like I was, no, you, well, not, not, I, was, I was collecting debt, and the money in my bank account was was from um, a scholarship, okay? Sally Mae, you know? So, like, no. <laughs> I now it's a bit different, but I'm I'm glad because I like, um, it may sound bad, you know, but I'm just sort of like, I've, you know, you see a relative, like an older relative, like my grandmother, the one who's constantly always having to take care of everybody mm-hmm. else in the family. And I'm so like, um, I made the conscious decision that that will not be me.
1: I agree. I've like, as as somebody who has a, a matriarch who takes care of people, I'm like, I don't want to do that. No, I do not want to be that person. I do not want to yeah. be
0: only my niece. My niece gets whatever she wants from me. Oh, yes. I've decided. Uh, whatever she wants uh, for the rest of her life. Yeah, I like to be that fun, like, uh-huh, that I feel like I never really got. Because sometimes you, like, you'd like you get money on holidays from, mm-hmm. like, uh, a distant relative or something who'd pop in. And I don't pop in enough because uh, it is Milwaukee. And I <laughs> get it now. <laughs> I get the urge to leave. That, like, with older relatives who I did enjoy, like, didn't live there. Uh, <laughs> like, why aren't you living in this cold, small city? But, you know, I, feel, I like to, like, uh, bless her cash out every now and then. Oh, I have, um,
1: I'm definitely, because I have a baby nephew now, and it's like, taking care of him is, like, definitely, uh, list My niece, however, she's, like, 23 and pregnant, and that's just disrespectful, so I'm not taking care of her
0: anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody told you to do that. <laughs> yeah, you ain't gonna make me feel old. Not today. <laughs> Like, you're out here just making me a uncle. That's just disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ira, it's time to read some of the juicy submissions we get from our listeners. Okay. It is, it is mailbag time. Okay, Ira, so people from all over the world send me their stories. Usually I read a couple of them out loud, but for today's mailbag, I want to read one of my own. Okay, uh, come on, this... <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so this is in Fresno, California. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where we live for a brief moment of time. Central California, garbage city, never go. Uh, never, never, been. Of... <laughs> never been,
0: never <laughs> been. Maybe I've driven through, is it above San Francisco It's or below? It's, it's,
1: it's, uh, it's west of San Francisco and it is, it truly is, like just drive through, never look back. That's kind of important thing to do. Um, and if you live there and you're listening, I'm sorry, but you also agree with me. I know that. <laughs> So we're living in Fresno, and uh, so this is actually right after my dad took a two-month trip to Ethiopia. Uh, like, my parents would okay. go by themselves because it's so expensive to do this all to go with them.
0: Mm-hmm. My dad
1: gets back. It's a, probably like a month later, um, and we get, like, a cassette tape in the mail. Like, my parents, like, get, like, somebody somebody in Ethiopia usually sends them some music, and mm-hmm. uh, but also my parents are illiterate in every language, so there's writing on it, but my mom can't read it, and I can't read it, so so we're, me and my Two younger brothers are just playing video games, uh, minding their own business. Uh, Super Nintendo, Street Fighter Two Turbo, uh, mm. and takes me, takes me back. Mm-hmm. My mom, <laughs> my mom puts a cassette tape into the cassette player, and this woman's voice just comes in, and she just starts talking about my father, like ah! <laughs> like 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 she thanks him for the presents he gave her like how much she loves him and adores him and how it looks like she's looking forward to seeing him again. And See, we're just I like, I
0: love <laughs> this. I love this. That is, that is a God by era. Like, I feel like on like soap operas, you know, I watched those young, the rest was so like people would send a cassette yes. a videotape in, that is just juicy, and, and it's, it's like, and you know, once somebody finally plays it, <laughs> secrets will be revealed. That is
1: wild. Not a so cassette, that's <laughs> a whole cassette, and it was like it was long too. It was like a thirty minute conversation. Like, <laughs> and I were just like, me and my two younger brothers are all just we're both just sitting there like, fuck. <laughs> this it's is like finding
0: a voice memo now <laughs> on somebody's
1: phone. <laughs> it's like like, it's like there's like there's a whole wrench in my day now. And so my mom's first reaction was, let me invite every Ethiopian woman in town to come listen to this tape. (laughs) (laughs) Expose her. Like she, it's like they, like she like gathered them all around. They were just like, what should I do? What, what can we do? (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and I knew my dad was not working until later and I had standing plans to watch, uh, ABC movie, uh, Shaggy Dog, starring Kirk mm. Cameron.
0: Oh, that's a classic. That's a classic. Well,
1: I don't know. I've not seen it, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, you've never seen it. It's good. I, it's I good. believe you, watch, you. You should watch the Shaggy Dog.
1: Look, it's just—it's just, it's just uh, it a. at a time where if you don't watch it when it's on TV, you miss it.
0: <laughs> that's fair. But now there's Disney Plus. So,
1: yeah. So there I was, two months like waiting for two months to watch this movie. My dad comes home, big old fight. Whole ass argument, uh, and that's actually end of the end of it all. My 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 older sister comes off of work from Taco Bell at this time too, so she mm. has to join the fight as well. Dad gets kicked out, disappears for months, moves to Seattle, becomes an Alaskan fisherman.
0: Wow! <laughs> so yeah, Is that's this predicated the move to Seattle. This will
1: predicate... like my they they got my dad got injured, they reconciled, and they they were like, you want to move to Seattle, and me. Being a pragmatic person was like, I will forgive you if you give me the fuck out of Fresno, California.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I need that story, Solomon. I need that story. I need that story. I need it. I need it in writing. That is a beautiful story. That is the best way to escape Fresno.
1: It is truly. And I'm honestly, uh, they've never, def- like, my parents definitely broke up after that eventually. Uh, <laughs> they waited way too damn long. Like, it's like, it was truly the most loveless marriage. And it's like, okay, I haven't seen you guys kiss in my whole life. We're going to pretend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to start sending people cassettes, though. But then they'll be like, how the fuck do I play? <laughs> That's the mailbag. Special thanks to
1: uh, me for this week's submission. Thanks, Solomon. You're welcome, Solomon. If you want to hear your story on the show, visit teamcococom slash heyjuice. Now it's time for a short break. We'll be back with a story about some crazy shit that went down at a theme park. Stick around for the juice line. All right. Welcome back to the juice. I'm Solomon Giorgio, and I'm still here with the always wonderful enigmatic Ira Madison III, it's time to read some of the juicy submissions we get from our listeners. Our board operator says today's caller is Cassidy. Let's patch her in. Please
0: hold. Thank
2: you. Hi, Cassidy. Hi, how's it going?
1: Hey. So hit us with your best shot.
2: All right. Well, uh, back in the day, I briefly worked at a theme park... And mm. so I was uh, performing Okay, I'm
0: giving a little...
2: Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, I, well, I hope I don't just like ruin all your
0: childhood dreams because it's about to get real. Oh, no. Baby, <laughs> yeah. my tea is I've I lived in uh, California for 10 years, and my first time going was on my birthday this year.
2: Oh. Uh, oh, yes, that's true.
0: Th- yeah, and then I went and kind of fell in love with it and then left with a lot of swag. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, but you did it. You did it on the West Coast, not the East Coast. Yes, right? yes. West okay, Coast, not so, East
0: Coast, and I have no prior relationship with. So you will ruin nothing for me.
2: Okay, perfect, <laughs> perfect, good. Um, well, I'll ruin it anyways. So I, I, briefly worked there as a performer, and I was it was the Christmas show, so they were doing a little holiday show on the stage, and mm. um, so I was an elf, and right before the last show, someone had said, "Hey, you know, it's New Year's Eve." We should add extra pyro. Give it to the guests. Give them the little extra magic and stuff. And I happen to overhear somebody say, like, have we ever rehearsed this? And they're like, no, but it should be fine. And it's one of those things that comes back to haunt you, right? You're like, you're like why did I get this bit of information? So fast forward to the show's happening. Final, like, part of the show's happening. There's two phases of fireworks that would go off. So there's one where all the characters, myself included, Are all at the front of the stage. And so what's supposed to happen is one set of fireworks off to the side was supposed to go off. And we're like, bye, Merry Christmas. And then we step back and then fireworks at the front of the stage are supposed to go off. Well, when we're at the front of the stage, instead of the side fireworks going off, the front of the stage fireworks went off. And it ended up hitting all of us. So it ended up hitting uh, the characters, melted their heads. I got the brunt of it. Oh, my God. And so... You know, when this is happening, it's like, to put it in context, this is 2003 going to 2004, so only a couple years after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And so you're just thinking, like, is this a terrorist attack? What is happening? So I'm, like, the first to run off the stage. I'm like, the show must not go on. The show needs to end, and I need to figure out what's going on. So I ran backstage and ended up getting trampled on by all these characters because they're in, like, horse heads, reindeer heads, <laughs> all this stuff. And so... Uh also, the other weird thing is before the show, I, I happened to go, hey, you know, I'm going to put on an extra pair of tights, right? You know, because it was a little chilly. I want to stay warm. And so I still have the tights from this injury. Oh, my God. And it's going to be a little intense. I, I hope you're ready to see this. So Yes. Um, so... <laughs> Here's layer one for these bloomers, and I don't know if you can see oh is. Oh my god!
0: Oh my god! Damn!
2: And then as you get like into it more, this is the first layer of tights. With, so these are
1: just fully tattered red tights that are. Yeah, yeah. There's and then
2: yeah, these are thankfully the second pair of life-saving tights that you know kept.
0: Oh my god! Kept
2: lady bits preserved, if you will. Burn marks in them. Burn, Burn marks. In marks. Them. So that was like wild, and then you know there was a whole thing of like, hey, you got to wait till the midnight fireworks go off. You don't want to ruin the customer's experience oh, wow. and stuff. No, but yeah, no. before, <laughs> before like going to get medical attention. I'm sitting there. I happened to also go to high school where we did like medical clinical rotations. It was a magnet school, so I knew not to put like extreme cold on extreme heat. And of course, that's what somebody did. There's no <gasps> medical staff there. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. So then, after that, like this whole thing happens, right? Pretty traumatic. Then, like a week later, this guy that I worked with, he was performing in a parade, and a parade float ran over him, and he died. <laughs> and so, oh
1: my gosh, what is going yeah, on in this? Yeah, cad-
2: yeah. So, so the the. The weird aspect of all of this, why any of this matters, is because there's a rumor, like, nobody dies on their property. Yeah. So, it's just, like, you know, they apparently people say, like, oh, they have, like, their police or whatever change the time of death until they're off the ground. So, that, yeah. And it's just, like, so creepy because then after going through what I went through and knowing what that coworker went through, I'm like, do they really have that authority to change, like, the time of death? Just so that way they can say, nobody dies here. Of course they do. Nobody dies here. Yes. So watch out when you go again, (laughs) (laughs) because. That might be the last time. I actually ended up doing a quick Google search because, like, the news out there, too, it's like, Mm -hmm. hands is in everyone's pocket. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I ended up finding a a brief little blurb about my, my injury. And, like, they said, like, a spokesperson said, We'll look into the problem. We don't believe that it will happen again. And then, (laughs) and then it's like a week later, some other tragedy with a coworker definitely happened all around Christmas time, too. Oh my
1: God. Did you grow up in Orlando then?
2: I'm from here. I don't like to claim Florida. My parents did forcefully remove our family and make us <laughs> live in Tampa. And I went to Orlando for college and I did yeah. not intend to work at a single theme park whatsoever, but I ended up working at a few.
1: Huh. Oh, a few? Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I thought this was like one temp job, but you just you just made the circuit.
2: At other theme parks, there's a, there's a lot of like, when I say incestual, it's not because they're technically blood related, but there's a lot of like, people getting together, having a family, and then, like, they do a show, and then they have, like, a show crush, and then somebody there hooks up, so then that family falls apart, and there's, like, Mm. this family over here. So it's, like, everybody ends up being really, really close. Ooh, (laughs) ancestral.
1: I love that. (laughs) Yeah, it's, like, (laughs) a little bit
2: of, like, a hybrid of, like, summer camp mixed with, like, sexy, like, what's that place um, in Nevada where you could, like, go and, like, hook up with a hooker?
1: Reno. The bunny farm, the bunny ranch. Oh, the bunny farm. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. A real so it's place. a little bit okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's a mixture of those two things. It's like, hey, come here perform for the masses, but also fall in love with everyone you work with. Oh mm-hmm. damn. And then
0: also you're dressed like a bunny.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> it's like, am I a furry now? Maybe. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I have any chance to have sex with <laughs> I will make it happen.
2: I know. Uh, Imagine <laughs> his hey yuck yuck whenever <laughs> he's hitting that high yeah. point <laughs>
1: Did you recall any, any hookups uh, during uh, your time?
2: Uh, I only dated one person the, the entire time for like 11 years. And we did work at like the theme parks together. I should have explored around. That was my bad.
1: No, Cassidy, that is a respectful thing to do. <laughs> I'm not going to judge you for being monogamous. Uh, it's definitely boring, but it's not bad.
2: <laughs> yeah. Or I could at least be monogamous with like a few different people if for shorter periods of time.
1: More importantly, did you get any money off of this?
2: I got a little bit of money. Um, This went on for like six, seven years, but then the housing market crash happened. So then I lost my job and I had just like paid for a down payment on a car. Mm -hmm. I paid for like some final cut, a new camera, things like that. And then I didn't have a job anymore. So most of that money just went to my bills.
1: Existing. That sucks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I didn't even get it because I was like, I'm going to invest this. This is going to set me up. You know, it's a really messed up situation, but I can make something good out of it. In the lemons are gone. There is no lemonade. Damn.
1: Well, yeah. I hope the next time a theme park sets you on fire, you win millions and millions of dollars.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to own the theme park.
1: Lawyer up. Lawyer up.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to make sure whenever somebody gets injured at my theme park to say, we will look into the problem. We don't believe this will happen again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Cassie. That story is amazing, and I appreciate you calling in with that. Yeah,
2: no problem. if you want to look at the tights one more time. Yes, please do. uh, These
1: tattered, oh, right in the crotch, too.
2: Hello.
1: That's my favorite part of my body. I would not like that singed. Yeah, I know,
2: right? <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you again, Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, you know. thank you. Well, let me tell you something. Uh-huh. I don't believe it, because <laughs> never do something like that. <laughs> Look, there's a good
1: chance we're going to bleep out every time. <laughs> because they are definitely... They've,
0: They're first, coming they've been, for you. They've been else. my employer for five years. So. <laughs> That's true, but the way I talk reckless about Netflix on Keyboard,
1: oh, con-
0: and they pay all my checks.
1: I literally have like three stand-up sets where I take down the company that's been paying <laughs> <laughs> On television, on a loop, still streaming, ready to go. Uh, that story was...
0: Whew, yeah, I mean, I've worked at, like, state fairs and, like, you know, like, Summerfest in Milwaukee, but, you know, none of that. Just a lot of disgruntled employees. See, that's the thing. It's like,
1: I've I've uh, maintained a no-death streak in every employer, and I think that kind of uh, is unfortunate for me.
0: Uh. Actually, the state fair was the first time I learned that I wear my emotions on my face. Oh. Because a, f- a close friend told me, like, we all know that you don't like this other coworker of ours. And I was like, how do people know that? And they are like, look at your face. <laughs> <laughs> every time they're in the room and that's the first time like a person had ever told me that like my face like visibly shows that I do not like someone when they're What did around. you do at the state fair? So I worked in the office that like went around to all the booths um, to collect money and then we would bring it in like little backpacks back to the office and count it
1: Oh and you didn't take any of the money?
0: No I, I, I was a good boy
1: Ira I'm so disappointed in you <laughs> I
0: was a good boy we stole other things you know
1: I respect that but I, I've Look, as somebody who might have embezzled a lot of money from a certain <laughs> office supply chain when I was their bookkeeper, I'm not going to say which one, but I believe if you are given a chance to take money,
0: take it. I think <laughs> someone did, and like, like the consequences were severe, and they went after them, oh. so we were afraid. Maybe it was even staged to get us in line, but... Yeah, that wouldn't seem harder, but like state, but like when I was at like um, Summerfest as like mm-hmm. a ticket person, i would like let friends pass sometimes and just make See, a lie, make a lie about it.
1: I firmly believe that if you're in a position to give something free away to, especially to another black person, I don't care if I don't know you. If I can get you something for free, you're gonna get it. Absolutely. <laughs> if I'm working at McDonald's and you ask me for a fry, you're getting the fry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for waking up at a disrespectful early hour to come and chat with me. Well, you know what? When else are you going to have your juice but the morning? (laughs) 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 That was
1: Iron Madison III. Clearly, you're in love with him as much as I am. Be sure to check out his hilarious podcast, Keep It, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, if you want to tell your story on The Juice, send them in by visiting teamcococom slash heyjuice. And if you love this episode, please gossip about it to your friends. And please also leave a great rating and review on Apple Podcasts, too. It means a lot. The Juice is produced by Nick Liao, Jen Samples, and Lisa Berm. Executive producers are Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Salataroff. Engineering and music by Eduardo Perez. I'm Solomon Giorgio. See you all back here next week as we dish out more of the low stakes gossip you love to hear on The Juice. And please, have a juicy day.